Welcome to Voices of E-Learning, reflecting the people living and breathing the future of education and online learning with your host, J.W. Marshall. Hello and welcome everyone to today's podcast session. I'm J.W. Marshall with Marcus Gale and we are so glad that you've joined us for today's episode. Uh, It's a special edition and we've got Bytes Media with us today, two guests actually. We've got Nick Farrell who is the co-founder and CEO and we also have Emily David, the uh, additional co-founder and the head of education. Uh, Nick, Emily, how are you guys doing today? Great. JW, thank you so much for having us today. Yeah, thank you, JW. Absolutely. And so uh, to start out, if you could give our listeners just a little bit of background on yourselves as well as uh, on Bytes Media, uh, I think that would be a great way for us to get the ball rolling and then we'll jump into some great questions. Absolutely. So uh, some background on Bytes first. Um, Bytes is a news and information platform, uh, and we are predominantly focused on middle and high school students at this stage. Um, and a little bit of background about myself. Uh, my background is in the media. I was uh, uh, come from a family who owned and operated one of the larger uh, news companies in the world for over 100 years. So died in the wool um, newsman myself. Uh, ended up working for um, the Wall Street Journal, actually, after I graduated for several years. And it was really there where the idea for Byte started to spawn as I just saw there being this general lack of engagement with younger readers uh, in terms of not only what the Wall Street Journal had to offer, but other traditional publishers and broadcasters and how they weren't really connecting or understanding a lot of the information that was um, being presented to them. Um, And Emily, I'll I'll let you. Yeah, so um, I'm Emily. I'm the co-founder and head of education at Bytes. And my whole background has been in education. I started as a classroom teacher, Um, and then spent the majority of my career being a learning disability specialist, uh, K to five with students who have mild to moderate disabilities. Um, When I transitioned out of the classroom, I became an instructional coach with um, HMH. So going into middle and high school classrooms and um, supporting teachers to get the most out of their instructional offerings. Um, And it was when Nick, approached me with the idea of bites that I really saw what he the heart of what he was getting at was education that news should be and is an educational tool and that um, his idea was really to reformat and re-engage this new generation with the news excellent and so a little more background on on bites media how old is the company and what has been your your business journey your your user growth yeah so the company were we've had a product in the market now for just over two years um and we recently uh as of six months ago launched a subscription service direct to parents uh and teachers um that's been successful and helpful given kind of all of the constraints around remote learning as a result of COVID. Um, and uh, the business for us, the, the prior year to that, we had been piloting um, in several schools across the country, um, had just really been using those as opportunities to build upon how we format content, the type of engagement that we're getting out of students, and also all the educational pedagogy 
um, and the efficacy of that uh, that we built into what we're doing with Bytes. And Emily can talk about that more. Yeah, so our product really spawned from this this um, theory called universal design for learning. Um, and the three pillars of UDL or universal design for learning is representation, expression, and engagement. And so we've really leaned into the pillar of representation by providing multiple mo modes of representation of content to allow students or any reader really to access the content and information in uh, various ways. And so why we chose that, um, not only is it an educational best practice, but the goal of the product and the goal of any news product is to keep readers and keep um, individuals engaged and sustained on the platform. And so when we were piloting and looking at various ways to format the content, not only, you know, we really leaned into that um, accessibility pillar to get those students engaged. And then also we just know that this young generation consumes information in a vastly different way than even us as millennials or older generations. They are almost instantly disengaged with long form narrative. And so that's why we utilize bullet points, annotations. Um, and yeah, I mean, the plot, when you dive into an article, it kind of speaks for itself. Absolutely. And so why is media literacy and civics education key right now? Yeah, so um, not all, so when we were piloting the program and um, really looking at engagement and accessibility, something that came up for us was that a teachers have limited resources, limited time in the classroom. We all know that. So the products that they want to adopt and um, really get the most out of are products that pack a punch. They not only can address one standard, but they can also address, you know, multiple, multiple subject areas, multiple curricular goals, units, et cetera. And so we really um, leaned into media literacy almost from the beginning. Um, and for those that don't know, media literacy allows people, you know, from you know, from the elderly to the youth to access, critically evaluate and create or manipulate media. And what Nick and I have really come to understand is that this concept of media literacy has really spawned out of the birth of the Internet and how the Internet has democratized information, especially the news, which has been a good thing for a whole variety of reasons. I mean, you can like get on YouTube and teach yourself how to fix your sink. But as we all know, it's allowed a lot of bad actors to take advantage of this democratization. So just like anything, you need to learn what that thing is, that thing being the internet, and how do I safely use it in my life, which is what media literacy does. Um, and so as it relates to news, I think um, what we've come to understand, again, is that uh, media literacy for the news needs to be inherently embedded in the product. And now at this crossroads where we're at in our country, media literacy really should go hand in hand with civics education. Absolutely. And so to our audience, we're recording this on the Friday before the upcoming election. Uh, and you're probably listening to this uh, either on Monday or Tuesday of the election. Um, what has Bytes Media been doing, um, I guess, around the election, if anything, to uh, kind of promote that civic duty of voting and the, the media literacy component around what's true and not true uh, in this uh, unique time, in this unique election? 
Yeah, so I think we've addressed it on multiple fronts and I'll kind of start with the product and then I'll talk about, you know, partnerships. So the product itself, um, when you jump into an article, we um, try to inherently bake in that media literacy by um, providing multiple sources, um, getting straight to the facts and, and providing that source. Um, we have a whole list of approved sources that go through a vetted process, internal process that we use. And then uh, we provide multiple perspectives. So we try to provide as much foundational knowledge and also um, uh, breadth at the same time. Um, and our hope is that our format, which is what it is, why it matters, the multiple perspectives, uh, general updates, and then deeper dives, what we call things to think about. And every article is formatted that way. Our hope is that when students or any readers are exposed to that format consistently, it will become inherently embedded whenever they interact with a news article. So that our goal really is for this new generation, when they do approach a New York Times, a Wall Street Journal, whatever it might be, they will be asking, inherently asking those questions of, okay, what is this? You know, why does this matter to me? What are the multiple perspectives? Um, and how can I dive further, take meaningful action around this topic? Um, and so that's kind of our approach to media literacy is through our format and our multiple perspectives. And then in terms of the 2020 election, we've taken that format and um, looked at not only both of the candidates, but also the uh, topics that students want to hear the most about, which is the environment, gun reform, climate change being the environment, um, and political reform and also um, you know all of the social justice issues that we're seeing today and so we broke those big topics down into uh, subtopics and then took that approach to our format for those topics um, and we put it together all in one place it's our presidential election guide that you can find right on our categories page um, and then by you know having all of that information through our distribution channels, we've also then partnered with various organizations, you know, get get out to vote efforts. Um, our approach to that has been, okay, you're registered to vote, now get informed. So get registered, get informed. Um, and we're that getting informed step of that process. We've also partnered with a lot of nonprofits that are doing great work around civic mindset and civic, um, civic literacy, if you will. So just partnered with Anti-Defamation League to launch a new civics curriculum that takes a really unique approach, in my opinion, as an educator. Um, the whole curriculum is centered around the lens of anti-bias that we all know ADL does so well. Um, so long-winded way of saying um, our product, I think, inherently addresses the media literacy and civics education and then also our partnerships. Yeah, and, and uh sorry uh really quickly to build off that um one of the issues that we also saw really being uh kind of critical um just around the last several years and um i think as more and more people are really um exposed and especially having such a divisive um environment right now around our politics and around civics um, we saw there being a really critical issue with civic literacy predominantly stemming from the fact that um, there is seldom really quality resources out there that break down in a meaningful way. Again, as Emily was talking about earlier, uh, connecting things to why it matters for this young generation, for these students. 
but breaking down foundational concepts um, in a way that's accessible and um, engaging, you know, all the things that we try and build into our product. Um, and the examples being, you know, allowing students to have an understanding, you know, some of our uh, most trafficked articles around the Electoral College or the Supreme Court or presidential powers. So these fundamental government and civic concepts um, that, you know, are obviously incredibly pervasive right now um, within our politics. Uh, but we see um, there being a need, a strong need to really um, strengthen the foundational understanding of uh of these concepts so that people can have meaningful discourse and dialogue and not necessarily just be divisive for the sake of being divisive, uh, but rather, you know, function how our democracy should, which is through um, discussion and, and compromise and coming to an under mutual understanding. Yeah. And I'll just, I'll add what I'd like to add to that is that, um, you know, we've seen, you know, we are so politically divided right now, right? And what we need to do is come back to an understanding that we are kind of all um, batting for the same team in a way. And, you know, what that really means is, is we're all coming from, we need to understand what the, what the common ground is. And that common ground is that foundational knowledge we need. So if we start there, we're finding that students are, you know, better able to listen to other perspectives or other opinions um or and really um and really come together in a way yeah and engage in meaningful in meaningful dialogue which is yeah. a, you know a real pillar of of our democracy and something that you know really can't erode um if we want uh, our country to continue to function in a in an efficient manner absolutely and and so how is the platform designed? Um, does it have a universal design for learning or maybe go a little bit more into the specifics of how the platform works? Yeah, so there's, um, so the platform has, what, what you see without having a subscription is all of our articles. Our articles um, are free. We have over 250 articles um, live at the moment. And, um, so student, and they're all student facing. And so uh, the articles were specifically designed for this new generation, um, how they consume content. And um, so all of, you'll have the articles and then for teachers, what we provide in our subscription service is what we call our teachers portal. And what they can do is assign articles, uh, track student comprehension. So at the end of every article, we have a quick five question quiz. Um, so they can track student responses on there, grade it, and then what's really unique to what we're doing is that our platform is tracking how much time students spend in each of those multimedia assets. So teachers get a data report with the amount of time each individual student has spent within the article and then across the platform as a whole. And why we did that is to help teachers understand if any of their students' consumption habits, whether that be watching videos primarily or reading or looking at the infographics, is that it affecting their comprehension in any way? And how can I then tailor my instruction to that individual student or the group as a whole to effectively reach um, comprehension standards? Absolutely, and that, that kind of brings on a question I'm sure our audience is thinking about, is this only provided through schools or is there an option for uh, parents to get this uh, access for their for their children. Yeah, so yeah. there is definite. Uh, yeah, so we're marketing directly to parents and teachers. Um, prime, our largest group of users right now is uh, schools and districts. 
Uh, we do work with after school programs as well, but anyone right now can hop on and get, get a subscription. That's awesome. I'm sure our uh, listeners are, are looking up the website now and checking that out. Um, earlier mentioned uh, a partnership, uh, and I, you guys have a couple of partnerships. Um, could you talk a little bit about the partnership you guys are uh, uh, doing with ADL? Sure, I can talk about that. So um, as you had mentioned, we've, over the course of the business, we've really tried to build a broad coalition of um, other organizations that are either in the media literacy space and the civic space, um, and use that as a way to, you know, not only amplify our own efforts, but theirs and come up with um, cohesive solutions that uh, are really impactful, especially in a classroom environment. because we want to be able to reach students um, at a younger age where we can then equip them to go out as they uh, get older and start engaging more with uh, their community and their civic duties, um, engage them, equip them with the appropriate information um, to be able to have a meaningful impact themselves. Um, and so the partnership with ADL really stemmed out of those efforts of creating that broader coalition um we uh were introduced to them and uh they are actually in the process of developing a civic curriculum as emily had mentioned earlier uh that was centered around their lens of um anti-bias and given our approach to media literacy and the fact that you know you can never really call any resource or we never try to call ourselves um explicitly anti-bias but Rather, we try and remain as neutral and objective as possible. Um, But given that approach that we had to our own content, to the news, trying to provide multiple perspectives, there was really a great mission overlap there. Um, And they were looking for uh, what we do for other curriculums, which is quality resources that um, are engaging for students, extensions of those lesson plans that they were developing as a part of that curriculum um, that really tie into this idea of creating multiple perspectives, creating foundational understanding um, of the topics that they were discussing and and, uh, teaching in terms of this civic literacy um, and really connecting it into what's going on current in current and social events that are meaningful to students um, and in a way to really be able to start to um, grasp and also really uh, understand in a real world setting these civic concepts. Yeah, and so with with civics education, what we're seeing also just from a data perspective is that um, students are we're not doing a great job, to be frank, with our civics education in this country. Um, students are, you know, only twenty five percent of students assessed by the NAEP are civically proficient, and what the researchers are suggesting is that it's not necessarily the textbook information, it's the ability of students and individuals to take that textbook information and, and, you know, make the connection to their actual life. And that gets back to like the why is why it matters? Why do I need to know about the 14th Amendment? And so our what we've proven with this ADL partnership is that our content does a great job of taking those foundational principles like the 14th Amendment and connecting it directly to um, students' daily lives about, you know, why does this matter? Okay, well, here here it is playing out in real life. Um, and so our hope is that, again, as these students, um, you know, graduate to become adults, they we are hopeful that this new generation will really take on 
um, as they become political leaders, they'll really, you know, strengthen our country and strengthen our democracy. Absolutely. And, and it seems like um, kind of in line with what education should be is teaching students how to learn. Uh, this is kind of teaching students how to, to consume that that media and, and then teaching them how to be better citizens. It, it almost seems like training wheels with the frameworks to, to kind of embed into the students, which is really, really important. Um, I know schools have been looking for opportunities to connect with current events in different curriculums, especially your civics, social studies, history. Um, what is kind of powering the, the engine behind the scenes? Is it uh, a team of people? Is it an algorithm or AI or is it a combination of both? How is What is that process for curating the content? Yeah, that's a great yeah. question. Oh, Nick, go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it and just give you a break. Um, so we, uh, it's a great question, as Emily said, we partner uh, with some of the top journalism schools across the country. Um, and we work with uh, both graduate and undergraduate level uh, journalism students to develop um, uh, a lot of the content that we have on the site. Um, and in doing so, we train them in our specific format, as Emily had mentioned, just as very unique in terms of um, what else is out there currently and how journalism students are traditionally trained in more of that long form narrative. So we bring um, anyone that we bring on board to Bytes, uh, we bring them through a pretty rigorous process of training them how to write, you know, removing as much descriptive language as possible, because those things can oftentimes, um, you know, just prevent accessibility from the content itself or potentially even imply bias. Um, and then, uh, you know, set them out. We have a process, editorial process, where we try to pick topics that are both, as Emily had mentioned, either relevant or consistent within current events um, at the moment, um, but also really focusing on foundational elements of those topics that might be consistent. Um, and the example that I gave earlier, you know, being our article on the Supreme Court and how can we figure out ways to either bring that article to the forefront again or uh, tie in new content that's extensions of that that build builds off that original article that we have. Um, and uh, so we have writers go out, they, they uh, create these articles for us and our content process at the moment is we develop about three to five articles a week. Um, and those articles, are disseminated both on our website and then also we have a uh, newsletter that goes out um, three times a week uh, for both you know kind of just a general one of them is a general update on current events that are going on and how to potentially approach those with your students and another one is uh, direct tie-ins of uh, the resources that we pull in from um, other curriculums and companies that we work with and how to tie our articles directly into lesson plans um, or curricular goals that teachers might have with their students in that moment. And that, that, that newsletter for teachers is really unique and I, and I really appreciate what we're doing in that we, for that newsletter, what we're doing is we're looking at headlines because uh, everyone loves to just read headlines. So we take about, we take our top five headlines that are trending and whether that be, you know, that are dominating the news cycle or that specifically relate to curriculums where, where teachers are in their curricular scope and sequence. So we take the headline and then we break it into um, that foundational art Bytes article. And so our goal is really to 
help people um, look at headlines and think, okay, what is this found? You know, what is the background to this headline? Um, and so when you go on our site, you'll see that all of our articles are not, you know, titled with some clickbaity headline. They're really foundational topics. Um, and again, th what drives that co that engagement with the articles is our, you know, teachers and parents. Absolutely. And so what would be maybe a couple of common use case examples for a teacher to implement this in the classroom? Uh, is it everything from embedding into daily curriculum to just offering as a, a supplemental uh, tool for students to, to use? Or is there a couple of different best practices you've seen so far? Yeah. So what's really unique about our platform is that we do tie into, you know, a whole host of different curricular uh, solutions and classroom environments. And so we've seen, you know, our, our typical user is an English language arts teacher, to be to be honest, and they um, for nonfiction literacy standards. And so um, it's either used a lot of times it's used as a primer for classroom discussion. Um, or it could be used as at-home work to get ready for the next day. Um, we also have seen it used in STEM classrooms. So uh, for teachers that are STEM teachers that are trying to connect those uh, topics to current events. So again, why am I learning this? Uh, we've seen it used in programs like that. Um, civics is another you know, obvious example of our product being used. Um, and again, just like you said, we are a supplemental resource. So for teachers that are looking to bolster their existing curricular solutions, we are a very timely, relevant, and appropriate resource for that. Absolutely. And so I always like to uh, kind of wrap up on a high note. Um, what would be uh, maybe some uh, best uh, stories you have of how the program has been implemented and the impact it had or uh, feedback from the, the school or the district, uh, you know, kind of singing your praises that this is, you know, something that's really addressed this issue head on and they've seen success with it. Yeah. So I love this story. This came, this came to me um, right at the start of COVID and, you know, right at the start, we saw a huge uptick in teachers, but also parents uh, buying a subscription to the service. And a parent reached out being like, be saying to us that her son um, does have a learning disability, um, has a hard time, has been having a really difficult time in the remote learning environment. And the resource that gets him the most engaged is Bytes Media. And she, um, she, what she said is that they now have embedded it into almost their daily routine and that you know, she related it to JFK's father. She said, you know, let's be like JFK. He read a, you know, he would read, his father would make him read current of, you know, news articles and they would sit down at the dinner table together and discuss it. And so she's like, we've now implemented that in our house and it's become a part of our, you know, our, what we really look forward to at the end of the day. Um, and so I, I just love to, hear stories like that from parents, from teachers, from administrators that, you know, our product really is engaging students. It's what they want to see. It's how they want to consume information. And we're also hitting, you know, civics and media literacy in the same time. Absolutely. And that just kind of brought on one more follow-up question with COVID, which we've not talked too much about. Um, 
which is refreshing. Uh, <laughs> you know, many parents have been thrown into the teacher role or at least the facilitator role. Um, and so maybe speaking a little bit to that, I would imagine that this program would really um, connect parents and, and their children over, you know, not just the, the benefits of the academic side, but the content and having discussions around uh, these topic areas that uh, maybe they weren't having those conversations around before. Um, is that something that you've seen as well as, as kind of a nice byproduct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what I, I think it's fascinating. So as a teacher, you know, you get going and even as a parent, you get going and, you know, you are rolling with your lesson plan and you're, what you're missing is student voice a lot of the times. And what we know about this new gener about Gen Z is they are far more engaged and interested in current events than what they're portrayed to be. And I think you can see that with all of the social injustice, the civil rights movement, frankly, that's happening currently, that's being led by Gen Z. Um, you know, the, the climate change, the battle with climate change, the battle for, with gun violence, it's being led by Gen Z. And so they are incredibly engaged and interested in what's happening today. And they want information to be civil and reasoned and well thought out. And so our plat what our platform does is just lay out the facts and lay out multiple perspectives to start that critical thinking process. Um, and I think that teachers and parents are, are starting to understand that this next president, whoever it may be, is going to be impacting their kids when they enter their young adult years. And so teachers, parents need to be um, equipping this new generation with how to engage in our democracy, um, how to engage in policies and laws that to potentially remedy these structural problems. And the starting point for that is really understanding foundational topics and how they relate to current events which is, you know, again, what our platform does. Absolutely. Well, I think that is a perfect place to end for today, but uh, there's more to talk about uh, in, coming, in the coming months. So we're going to have to have you guys on uh, for a future episode. Nick and Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, yeah thank you. Have a and great day. Absolutely. And thank you to all of our listeners out there uh, for uh, giving us some time. Uh, check out some past podcast episodes and remember to always keep learning. 